Growing up with an emotionally unstable parent probably taught you to focus on their feelings and their expectations of you at all costs. Kind of like being a hostage. And a lot of people have to work really hard to change that pattern as adults. Because if you got really good at erasing your needs and fawning all over other people and trying to guess what they want, you are in for a hard road. But people do recover. They get their awareness back, they get their feelings back, and they begin to be able to detect what is in their best interest. The hard part is expressing that, especially with maybe family of origin people who couldn't recognize a boundary from you if they if smacked right into it. When sick people don't get their way, they try to hurt you. They do. And this is when setting boundaries can be the hardest. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Valerie, and she writes, Hello, Anna. How do I tell my own mother that I don't want to be in or attend her wedding ceremony? Uh, I've been working on setting boundaries with my mom because she's caused a lot of trauma in my life. I grew up in a chaotic, inconsistent, unhealthy household. She was in a mental hospital for about a month when I was younger. I still don't know the diagnosis because she's in denial, but if I had to guess, I'd say borderline, bipolar, or narcissistic personality. All right, I'm circling, I've got the fairy pencil. I'm gonna circle some things to come back to, but let's read all the way through Valerie's letter and hear what's going on, and then I'll come back. All right, she says, during my childhood, she could be extremely loving and fun, but I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You never knew what could set her off. She would throw fits and go into an impulsive rage. She would use anything and everything against you to hurt you. She was controlling and manipulative. All of her romantic relationships were codependent roller coasters. I began to see a pattern. She'd rush into a relationship, become unhealthily infatuated, prioritize them over anything, and then months later, she would vilify them and then take them back and the cycle would start again. Many of her relationships involved physical abuse and she dated a lot of addicts and recovering addicts. She eventually became a drug addict and it spiraled over time. At the worst of it, she was homeless and unrecognizable. After failing attempts to help, I made the hard decision to completely cut her off. I went no contact for about six months and slowly let her back in as I saw that she became and stayed sober. She's now four years sober. I live several states away, so it's easy to keep my distance. We have slowly repaired our relationship, mainly over the phone. The underlying mental issues are still being ignored and remain a problem. I dread visiting because her behavior can still be manipulative, controlling, and unpredictable. I can't rely on her because I never know when she will snap and use anything and everything against me to hurt me. After getting sober, she continued rushing into relationships. She married for her fifth time after three months of knowing him. She took him on a trip to meet me and they, then they were divorced in less than a year. I feel forcefully subjected to it all. As if I have to accept these strangers into my life just to have a relationship with my mom. It's exhausting. Every Christmas, it's a new guy and sometimes their kids. I have nothing against these people, but it's my mom putting me through all of that that's the problem. This year, she's found a new guy and is engaged for her sixth time. 
This time she's planning an entire wedding ceremony and reception. She's buying a wedding dress, renting a venue, inviting 50 people, the whole nine yards. She asked me to be a bridesmaid. I'm to the point that I don't care what she does. I just hate being expected to have meaningful relationships with these strangers when I can't even trust how long they'll be around. I don't think I want to go to this wedding and pretend to be happy when it's only a reminder of how inconsistent and screwed up my childhood was. So now I only have a few months to decide whether or not I will suck it up and go to the wedding or break the news that I'm not going. Both options sound terrible. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings by not going. I want my mom to be happy, just not at the expense of my sanity. For a lot of my life, I was subjected to my mom's craziness without a choice. And now that I'm an adult that can choose, I'd rather not be a part of it. Another factor I'm considering is it might cause gossip amongst my distant family members if I don't go. I don't think they know the whole story. I just want to figure out the best way to handle this without setting off a landmine because I know my mom will be upset and try to guilt trip me into going. How do I tell my mother that I don't want to attend? Okay, Valerie, I think I can help. What a hard situation. What a drag. You are so right. Bad options all around. So which bad option do you do here? All right, let's go through and I'll tell you what you said. You're working on setting boundaries with your mom. That's where you are right now in your healing. You're learning to set boundaries with somebody who can't deal with boundaries. Um, but you do it for yourself, regardless of how she feels about it or does it. You set the boundaries that you would like to have. So she's caused a lot of trauma in your life. I get it. Chaotic, inconsistent, unhealthy household. She was in a mental hospital for about a month when you were younger. You still don't know the diagnosis because you say she's in denial or whatever, but she doesn't talk to you about it. And I think that, um, yeah, her getting sober is very interesting, but the thing is because she's not talking openly about the difficulty or acknowledging what happened and how crazy it's been and how it looks like the same thing. Yeah, she's, she's not there yet, but sober, that's good that she got sober. I'm just happy for her. I know, you know it doesn't solve your problem, but I'm, that's, it's kind of amazing that anybody does that. And you said you were guessing it's either borderline bipolar or narcissistic personality. Can you have all those things? Maybe so. But what it reminds me of is the, is the description of a borderline. And that can be really difficult. So we don't really need to know other people's diagnosis. I think sometimes it helps because then you're like, oh, it's a thing. And whatever it is, it does sound like, uh, like a mental illness. It sounds like a serious trauma wound. Um, combined with a mental illness that's a lot more than CPTSD, that's for sure. Thing is though, people, I, you know, we do know they can't help it. So I like your attitude. You seem to actually be free of judgment of her. It really is just about like what you want to deal with. I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, it'd be easy earlier in, maybe you had this like early in your heal, healing process, where it's very captivating to get into the whole story and try to convince somebody like, you told me barely anything. I totally get the picture. And I just, I just admire your minimalism with that, your lack of indulgence in, in the, st the sad story. You're dealing with it as a fact of life and a problem with boundaries and what shall you do. So I love how you're handling this. I think you're doing great. All right, so her romantic relationships are codependent roller coasters. And there's a pattern. She rushes in, infatuated, prioritize them over everything. Then she vilifies and, and 
then takes them back, starts again, and there's often physical abuse and addicts and recovering addicts. That is so rough. That is no situation for a girl, for a kid to grow up in. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, you're setting boundaries now. You're doing great. I, I just, I understand this is, I've known people like this. I've known people like this and it's crazy making. And that's why I think you're a miracle. It's crazy making, it's debilitating. It just takes away, it takes away your ability to think or reason. And it just sounds like she's at large. She's not doing whatever can be done about this. You know, the thing about borderline, like bipolar, there's a medication you can take. Borderline kind of maybe, you know, narcissism, mm, not really. So it's so sad. It just sounds like a situation that's not likely to change. I think sometimes when people with this kind of thing, like getting older, like it reduces the sex drive and hopes of having children or anything like that. And that begins to simplify the problems and not have like myriad new problems. But maybe that they might not get any better than that. But you never know. The sobriety could have an impact at some point. I'm not trying to talk you into having hope or staying connected. I'm just musing about her, trying to get a feel for this person of like, does she deserve for you to override your own boundaries, you know, to help this sixth wedding be happy for her? Actually, that word deserve, I never like it. Like, everybody deserves to be loved. Everybody deserves to be treated well. Most of us have to do with a lot less, and that's just how it is. We are not always in a position to fix that for other people. I would say whatever is wrong with her, no matter how much you bent over backwards to try to make her wedding happy for her, it's going to be what it is. It's going to be what it is. And so she'll have reactions. If you don't go, yes, setting a boundary for her kind of person, setting a boundary will usually set off emotional fireworks. Um, you get to go no contact again if you would like to. That's one thing you can do. And she can do that. She can gossip about you to the extended family. Like if they don't know you guys well enough to know what she's like, who cares what they think? They'll figure it out eventually. You know, they'll figure it out eventually. If you want to, you can talk to them about what's going on with her. If you, you know, if you want some kind of a relationship with them, it sounds like they're very distant though. So it doesn't, it just truly doesn't matter what they think. If I, if I had a nickel for every person from afar who has a negative opinion of me, I would be rich. So what happens when you put yourself out there. It's what happens when you have a life. It's what happens when you survive adversity is some people cannot deal with it and they don't care to listen or pay attention to who you are and they don't reserve judgment. But who knows, maybe your relatives are the emotionally mature enough to reserve judgment. Maybe they know her well enough, even, even in a short interaction to consider the source. All right. So when they, I mean, if they know that this is her sixth wedding and they hear you didn't go, I tend to think they understand what that means and they would not judge you. Okay. They might be really cool and they don't judge anybody, but I just think if people are going to judge you for this, who cares about them? So that's not fair to you, though, if you love them and you want them in your life. I understand. It's hard. But I would not go to the wedding just so they're not mad at you or so they don't gossip about you. That's not a good reason to go. And I, I'm truly open to you going either way on this one. All right, you feel forcefully subjected to it. All right, that's what it feels like when somebody can't handle boundaries and guilts you and throws emotional fireworks over you, over your decisions and you're saying, you know what, I just, I don't wanna get dragged into this again. You know, we've been through this before. It brings up my old stuff. Everything you told me, I don't even think it's worth telling her about. It won't, it'll fall on ears that cannot hear it, that take it personally, that are lashing out. So 
You have a few months to decide. You don't like being reminded of how crappy your childhood was. So here's, all right. I tend to think that don't go, but here's, if you did want to go, if you did want to go, I would say, check out my daily practice so that you have a way to keep moving all the bad feelings and memories that come up. Just have a way in your hands that constantly, even at the wedding, even leading up to the wedding, every conversation you have with her, you can keep processing what comes up and keep moving it out of your head, onto the paper, down the assembly line, into the past. <laughs> That's how it works. And um, have more neutrality to how she's acting right now. Because you know what happens over time. You've already come very far on this, I'm sure. You know, when you're in the middle of it, you're very reactive to the person's foibles. When you're a little farther down, you're just like, hmm, here we go again. Mom, could, yeah, okay. So you're a lot less, you know, freaked out about it. That doesn't mean you have to like it. That doesn't mean you have to pretend it's not happening. However, there's a certain etiquette for weddings, that at weddings, you don't go, it's not the place to bring up anything or to try to, try to dramatize that you're kind of there, but you're not taking any of this. It's not the place to do it. Like if you can't go there and basically just kind of act like it's a happy day for her, don't go, don't go. <laughs> and and you, you truly don't have to do that. I get it. I get it that it's important to her. Like in her mind, this is really it. This is really the one and she wants you there. I get it. Like that's, that's her reality. And it will feel to her probably like, finally she gets it right with somebody and you weren't there and it's so terrible. But you know the drill. You know the drill. I'm just gonna tell you, you are not responsible to make this feel okay for her. You're not responsible to um, act any way that you don't feel. But if you don't feel good, don't go. <laughs> it's not polite to go to somebody's wedding and let them see on your face and your aloofness that you're not happy. That's not cool. It's better not to go. And if you need to, cut off contact for a period of time. Give it a year, she'll be single again. It'll be over, I don't know. Does that mean? Maybe. But it just sounds like it's a very dramatic situation that's not going to resolve. And of course it affects you. And I'm really proud of the recovery that you have. And I know it's a complicated question. If only it were so simple as you just cut off people who trouble you and then you can recover. It's not really so simple, is it? You know, it's your mom, it's your roots, it's where you come from. So it's possible sometimes to set boundaries and not have it be forever and not, you know, that there, these boundaries are renegotiable by you as things go forward. Maybe you have more neutrality toward her, maybe her continuing sobriety, she gets a little more perspective on things and has a little bit more capacity. I, I kind of don't think that's where it's headed, but it's worth giving it a, I don't know, you know, I'll put it out there. That could, if that happens, that would be a way that the whole dynamic could change. But the way this dynamic is, is definitely, it's, it is like dragging around a weight when you're trying to recover. And if you're not there yet, I mean, you sound far, pretty far along the way, but sometimes what recovery is, is saying, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I just don't want to. I like how I feel when I don't participate in this stuff. And then, okay, so then if you don't go and you're gonna feel guilty, again, daily practice. I'm resentful at myself because I have fear I should have gone to the wedding. Fear I'm so mean, fear her feelings are hurt. You get these feelings on paper. Some of them may end up becoming quite focused and serious for you. Some of them, they just go downstream like leaves. It's nothing. You don't have to know what are the important thoughts here, but you start processing the distressed thoughts that come up using this tool. And if you can, getting support from other people who use this technique, 
who listen to you and just keep validating good, you know, keep moving forward. And sometimes your answers come to you with less fear and resentment, the answers come to you. And I can just really hear in your situation, I'm true, I, I'm just support you either way. I could see either way. And I guess with that, I'll reassure you that whether you don't go or you do go, and it, whether, it, you know, and it's gonna be hard either way, right? That's okay. It's okay that it's hard. It's okay that you do something regrettable. Like you can live with that too. It'll be okay if you regret whatever decision you make. So just pressure off. Pressure off now, Valerie. Like it's okay. You've been through enough. You can play this by ear and see what you decide. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.